so we, we were kind of talking about pros and cons and it kind of led to why um rob made his game his way very specifically yep and i was wondering if anyone else based on the pros and cons of um the various types of types of system slash settings we're talking about has picked you know a specific way to do it like or has your game design just been more generic from your your ideas of game design do you know what i mean does anyone i been... probably should say some words here uh, okay so i probably anything i produce is going to be something of a generic system just because i don't if i what i find it to i don't uh how should i phrase this leaning in fully and i don't make systems where i would be describing every action specifically so every action so anything i write by definition is going to have some broadness to it just because oh i'm not phrasing this very well okay so i don't I don't make I don't make very good bound settings because I tend to not focus in on the specifics enough to make a bound setting. Mm. Just by the type of just by how I want to write rules in the game I want to write. Right. Mm-hmm. So I mean you could argue that the current one I'm working on is pretty much a bound setting in its own quirky weird way, but but at the same time I'm not telling there are some things that I'm just that I am intentionally leaving blank just because uh, to allow for setting variation, essentially. Mm-hmm. And there's, I, I think a lot of your approach is that you do write bound games. You just omit the setting. I get uh, because it's mostly for yourself. Because these are thing; these are games that you run. Yeah, I but I don't write bound games in that I have used the same system quote heavy quotes to write to do two di- two different games because it technically functioned because nothing was specific enough in the system that it wouldn't function for both. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I I think that leaving that part out uh, while being so specific in other ways still leaves a lot of room for replayability. Um, coming back to a game and exploring it again in a different way. And Catrice probably says, has some things to say, so I will let her say things. No, that's, that's not related to yours, even. That's actually something I ran into recently was, uh, was it one of the game designers for um, the new Fallout game has gotten this really weird thing in his head where he's like, replayability is not a thing because you can replay any game so there's no point in even defining anything about replay factor or anything and he basically banned it from his office so nobody's allowed to talk about it Hmm. what yeah and it's like um you're really hamstringing yourself Huh, oh, this would be video games, not some polo. Yeah. yeah, no, but it's because that's the... really bizarre to hear from a Bethesda employee, right? Yeah, yeah. I know it's so because weird, Fallout hmm. and Elder Scrolls basically are popular because you I can replay them. 
yeah. with oh. different characters. Yeah. And different yeah. paths and all kinds of yeah. That's yeah. The guy that's in charge of the new Fallout basically yeah. has no <laughs> interest in replay factor at all. And it's like you're gonna and, have okay, a mark really my hard words. Mark my words, a year after this game is released and the the market has dismissed it, this will be why. I don't think they'll dismiss it is the thing because like keep in mind they have enough backlog of mechanics and such that are already built off replay value in just fallout as a system. So the new game is obviously going to draw upon a lot of heavy inspiration from the previous titles. So they're it's really hard to not get replay value out of it if they just copy paste what's there. But because they're not allowed to talk about it, they can't really understand fully why what they're doing works. How the fuck do they not so talk? That's so weird. That's so, so weird. What the fuck is wrong with people? Jesus. Yeah. yeah, but because they can't talk about it, they can't improve upon it. They can't make conscious decisions to make it better in that sense. I actually like, hope you're really wrong about this because that just sounds so crazy that the, it beggars belief. <laughs> no, here, I'll go get the article again because it's yeah. pissing yeah, me yeah, off. Link it to us. That's so counter to the philosophy of Bethesda's open world games. Yeah, I mean, just I mean, forget about open world games. Just like fucking employee sanity. Mm -hmm. That's so. Yeah. So if if I was the CEO of Bethesda, I would fired that guy on the spot after that statement. Yeah, that's crazy. Because it just doesn't fit with their design philosophy. Right. Which is so core to those games. Yeah. Up to this point, it doesn't. But like, hey, maybe they're just gonna. You know, just 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 go a totally different direction. It could happen. I mean, game studios have have radically shifted before, so it's it's not unheard of. But it, it, it's weird, and it doesn't feel like a good change. I feel like this conversation has gone on long enough for what it is. It yeah, I think design. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's, let's I will say that putting the spirit into things the game I'm currently working on is the closest I have to a bound system that I've ever written. So there's that. Mm-hmm. So please don't judge me. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To, yeah. Um, and it's bound for similar reasons that ashes is. Yes. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And bring, bring that back to, to Jonathan's question. Um, I know that when I wanted to design practice Arcanum, I had in mind a very specific um, objective in terms of why you're playing the game. And that's to be able to explore um, character development through action. Like, why are you doing this? And what does that say about you? And how do you change? And how does the world change as a result? Um, But setting didn't matter to that. And I let that take a back seat. I didn't need to develop the setting. And so my game became generic. and I, I've been working with that. And I think it's a nice space because uh, in between the two m- more difficult ones, I think you're right that a bound setting becomes much more difficult in terms of the work involved in 
tying everything together to the setting. And then yeah. universal system becomes almost impossible to account for all the uh, interactions that would take place. Um, and I yeah. would end up losing that, that yeah. core thing that I'm trying to get. A, a universal game, the design of it runs on theory. Hmm. The, the theory and, of what the setting could be. Right. I, and I think I, I should state, because I've said, you know, that they're impossible to do, that I, I don't think that the existing Universal games are bad games. It's just that Universal is not literally Universal, but they still do a lot of things good. I, just as a note, I think there's a lot of value to what they do. It's mm -hmm. definitely not what I want to do as a game designer, though. Okay, I found the article, and I'm going to post it in voice chat, I guess. Sure, that's fine. We'll, we'll talk about it later. But... Yeah, but to give the quote exactly, it says, We have a joke in the office. I banned the word replayable because that's not a feature. Every game is replayable. Tetris is replayable. Every game can be replayed from the beginning. That's not unique. That's not a feature. <laughs> all right yeah. okay well let's, oh let's so the sentiment this. was exactly the opposite of what we took it as mm. no it's not that he has no it's that he won't focus on actually looking into it as something that you can build towards it's like he's basically taking the stance that replay factor is not something that it's a feature that you build around. It's not something that it's mechanics that you build so that it will be replayable or fun to do. So it's just, he's taken as you can replay any game, whether you have the mechanics for it or not. So there's no point developing mechanics for it. And it's like, that's... It, okay, then it would be interesting to see, to, to hear his opinion on the radiant quest system that was so much of part of skyrim and thereafter which is all just like algorithmically generated quests they're all replay yeah i could say some stuff about that but it doesn't doesn't matter anyway yeah anyway, uh sorry. yes so where the fuck were we uh we're we're we? let's let's talk about integrating um and maybe some oh, specific sure. ways that that, good. that someone might do that yeah or on the flip side a specific way is how someone might um uh lean towards the generic or even universal uh in mm -hmm. their mechanic does anyone have any input uh i think before you if you are doing a bound game and you do have a setting in mind um i think it behooves you to it's really hard to know when you're stuck on one or the other and you need to reference the other. So what I mean by that is, let, let me give you an example uh, by way of my own, my own getting stuck. So uh, I was, I had this idea for a squad based RPG with that's, that's essentially a post post-magical apocalypse type thing um i had done the i had done a lot of work in putting it together and i had written fiction and and 
a lot of peripheral stuff um, that was concerned with making the mechanics I wanted to sort sort. I was kind of doing the thing inside out. So I had this idea of of the mechanics, the mechanical ideas I wanted to express, and then I was mashing a setting into the bricks of that like mortar and i was counting on the thin layer of mortar holding the mechanics together and making them sort of interesting um and then i don't remember where i saw it and but it was something to the effect of like nobody sits down at a table to play with mechanics (laughs) so it was like i was like oh shit that's absolutely true like very, very few. I mean, most of what gets people to an RPG table is is the setting. Like that that does most of the heavy lifting. Like you're 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 you you wanna play Star Wars or you wanna do a Tolkien esque D D romp or you wanna be um uh uh thieves in a cyberpunk dystopia. Um it it's the setting that gets people to sit down. Well um I- I'd argue that yep. it's not necessarily the setting, but the play experience. Like it's it's what that setting says about what you're going to be doing that brings people to the table. That's I think that's a more accurate and specific notion of of what I'm I saying. Think yes, it's but... more accurate though because like if like nobody really goes to D and D for D and D setting, they go for D and D because they want to go into the dungeon and murder shit. No, I'm talking. I'm 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 speaking even even larger than that. I'm talking about like what gets a person to sit down at the table to play D and D with their friends is generally speaking like, hey, you get to be Legolas. I think it's usually actually even more than that. It's just social. It's like no friends yes, are going in, to in, do in between the social. Together, do you yes, want in between the social thing and the and the thing that Mark just described, which is the play experience. It's it's the 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 fiction of who you are is going to be um uh it's going to be the hook yes and I, if you I, hold, I completely agree and the, the, fi- the and, yeah let me just finish the point the, and, and and the okay. the, the fiction of um if you don't have a strong fictional representation for players to assume then it's going to be really hard to get them to interface with your mechanics um the 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 so because of that once i once i had gotten there um and i'll I'll let you say what you're about to say in a second car uh once i had like that hit me like a ton of bricks and i was like oh fuck i've been i've been doing the wrong thing i've been like focusing on making these mechanics really robust and interesting and comp you know i was making them complicated unnecessarily and and sort of just sort of gluing the setting together. I had an idea of what I wanted the setting to be. And it was, but it was, I wasn't interested in it, which is for a writer, a fucking problem. Like if you're not interested in your own setting, there's something wrong. I, I mean, like technically wrong. There's something like there's, you, you, you're, you're in a place where, how do you expect anybody else to be interested in it? One. And then you're not going to be, you're not going to, you're not going to explore the setting fully if you don't like it. Um, so mm-hmm. it's, it's, I ran into a problem in, in 
tackling the system as I don't know, not a generic rule set, but like as one divorced, like I was designing a bound game, but I had divorced the setting from the mechanics and I wasn't letting them speak to each other in a way that a bound game, as we alluded to earlier, really should. Uh, and with this iteration of ashes, like the setting is informing the mechanics exactly as much as the mechanics are informing the setting. Like I, I have done things to the mechanics because the setting told me to, and for no other reason. Uh, so that's that's where I I I just wanted to sort of lay out that roadmap of mistakes, and because that might be helpful to somebody at some point. No, it might be, but yeah. I want to hear what Car has to say. Uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, I was I was gonna totally agree with Rob's standpoint that from a marketability standpoint, the setting is what grabs a player. And with that includes the thematic implication that the setting proffers, the, the character identity that can be executed in that setting, mm -hmm. and the, the potential for playing in this specific sandbox, which is the setting. That's that's the first thing that grabs someone browsing a shelf. Yeah. Yeah, that's my point. Once you grab once you pick up that book that has interested you, you browse it for a more setting detail and then what sets the hook is probably, "Oh, I like that mechanic." So, there's a two-factor win there and a sale is made. Yeah. Well, I'm going to disagree completely then. <laughs> Which is a shame because I want that to be true, but it's not. Like, it really, really would be awesome if that were true because I focus on setting more than anything else. But that's not in the, like, I haven't written as much of it for the current project as normal, but normally I work really heavily on the setting above all else in reality what usually happens is setting does not draw people in it keeps them there it, like once you're in the setting is what will maintain you there for a long time but nobody really went in to say like movie like star wars or a tv show like my little pony because of the setting they went there because the characters or the aesthetics or the artwork or Which are pretty all much part of the setting. No, they're independent. They're indirect of the setting. It's once the setting, once you're in there, then the setting itself, like the world and the mechanics and all of the uh, things like, you know, how magic works and that there is magic that's what keeps you there but nobody went into you know star wars thinking i want to see lightsaber battles and the force because they didn't know it was there the setting wasn't what drew them in it was like the characters in the basic plot line that was the initial draw there now it's a little different in role-playing games because you are the character and the plot line is what the GM tells you 
that it is basically, and you have some influence on it. So there's going to be a larger portion of it being the setting, but setting is not really the main draw. It's I what... have a lot of experience with players who will just pick up a game and play a game because they like the setting, and it happens way too. I think it's actually like overly yeah. strong. I don't know where to you're talking. My... To support my point, I will say that you cannot make artwork out of rules and put it on the cover. Some people do that, though. <laughs> I agree with you, totally, Car. It doesn't work, but some people it, do it doesn't work, but people have done it. Like we've yeah. had conversations about like various D D cover art and that some of them is exactly that. It's just a D20. Well, yeah, cover. look at the cover of the player's handbook. It's a giant dragon in a giant cave with a tiny little figure poised to fight it. There's no it doesn't say D20 plus modifiers on it or even show a D20. It's about no. the setting or the potential setting. That's yeah. it. It's the, not the what, rules. What you're saying about potential setting is what I would describe as the play experience. Because I think like the the setting, you're you're right in a marketability standpoint. You would pick up the Witcher RPG because it had the picture of the Witcher and you associate that with actions that you want to take in the game. You associate it with a, a lore and an experience that you've had with it and exploring that that world that mm -hmm. you want to engage in but really like when you read through the rules if you don't find those those parts of it that group that tell you that yes i'm gonna feel like a witcher when i play this game and that's what i want then the game falls apart like it's yeah it's that's that's a first win and a second loss that's exactly that doesn't result in a sale right but and that's, you still got the first win is still the setting i think I agree with more of what he was saying about it being the feel of what you're going for rather than including that as the setting. Like, I think it's more disagreement on what we're defining as setting. Like, I, I don't... That people will play a game because it's a mech game regardless of, regardless of whether they know what mechanics are good. Listen, people will play Star Wars games with any old shit as the mechanics. Because yeah. they want a lightsaber and they want to use oh, yeah. the force and they want to fly a Millennium Falcon. Ding ding like, ding. That's yeah. that's definitely true. Like that's once you have already established the setting. I'm talking about more for something that there is no setting. Like you have to read through it to get the setting. Yeah, well, but then you're even then you're doing you, the way you're pulling people in there is like you almost always. If that's the case, and you are you're doing a RPG uh, with bound that setting that is a original IP, and you have no other inroads for players to get into your setting, then the first thing that happens is art. The art pulls somebody in. Yeah. Then they go, oh, okay, mm -hmm. I kind of get what this game is about based on the art. I think. Right. So the art can lie to you, but but you know most of the time. Hopefully, if the designer's good and, and they have a good art director and a lot of pieces come together, then the art should tell you what your character could do. Correct in the game, and the that's that. I yeah, well, that's Mark's point. Consider that experience. to be setting is the thing. Because <sighs> I, 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 would, uh, I, I don't I really, know. That's I, what I, really I said. Think I think it's nitpicking over definition at that. Yeah, point. I really. That's probably a lot of. Probably, We're agreeing in. Yeah. 
but Pat doesn't. Yeah, I, th- I think we agree in the basic premise of <laughs> what will draw people in. I think we're disagreeing on what we define as that being setting or not. Yeah, it's it's. I think it it comes based on what the assumptions are when you pick up a game in the game store. Like what nobody wants to be in a Star Wars game if you're going to be talking about um, sitting on a council room position voting on laws that are being passed in an intergalactic scale. Like what draws you to the Star Wars experience is what you've seen in the movies and what you've lived in in your experience in engaging with that environment. And I think that's mm-hmm. that's what draws you in. That's the that's the um mm-hmm. what I define as the play experience, but I think you're right that it it comes hand in hand with the setting because that's the objective of designing the game is to say what what kind of play experience does my setting have and why why does my setting support this type of play experience and that's i think why cat's saying that she has an issue with trying to pitch her game because there's no basis for the setting there's no there's no brand recognition to say um, i don't think i'll have a problem with it but i do think that the setting is not like the actual setting will not really take hold until after they're already into it like that's not what they're going to pick up the book off the shelf for it's going to be like it's going to be the cover art right and like nobody's going to know what the hell say means by okay there might be a couple of people that understand the term but then that might make somebody who's linguistically inclined curious as to it but everybody else is going to be like "Ooh, pretty cover art exactly and what what you have to do is to use the signifiers that are on your cover to convey to me what my play experience is going to be like by picking up your game if you have a picture of swirly squiggles i'm not going to pick up your book in the game store but if i see dragons and swords and rockets firing off i'm gonna go right. oh that's looks really cool because i can imagine myself in that kind of environment and engaging in those elements all right yeah no i and i completely agree with you because that's that the, the cover the eventual cover art of ash of the magi is either i have two ideas but basically the the one that i started out with was um like three or four troops of war mages uh walking through a uh, a valley covered in white ash with ruined buildings on either side you know and they're very small in in the picture so they're maybe like on a 11 by eight and a half cover they would be maybe like half an inch at most and then the setting looms large in the thing and then but that would be the idea like so Mm -hmm. oh we're gonna be we're gonna be like small there, uh, there. It's the. It, I wanted to convey the feelings of both the apocalyptic nature of the setting, and then also like, uh, oh, there's. It's not going to be just four of us, you know. There's going to be this thing. Um. I want to hint at the idea of the troop play on the cover. You know, that's that's yep. pretty important to the idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, but so the the reason why you're you're putting. <clears throat> that you're using that perspective to put um, the, the, the characters in such a small scale in such a large scene mm-hmm. is the same, re- same reason D&D did it on the cover of the player's handbook is to convey the epic scale of yeah. the gameplay. Yeah, exactly, yeah. 
it's not tightly focused in it's big right yeah no you're absolutely mm-hmm. right yeah yeah no but i actually i also have an art degree so i <laughs> i i've actually been taught this stuff by professionals at some point uh, i don't know how well i listened but in yeah i'll let you <laughs> wait what did um, you say john I didn't i'll let it. you know how well you listened when you really <laughs> were yeah yeah I, I think a lot of people will let me know how well i listened <laughs> like this is a piece of shit the fuck? Uh, but i think um so to just kind of move towards integration mm-hmm. I've, I've had these types of thoughts about mechanics and and gameplay pop into my head for like all sorts of ideas you know sometimes yeah. they're about something specific sometimes not but um one thing that um a game mechanic specifically that i've thought about uh incorporating in a game was uh, a retreat mechanic and i'm sure there's other games that have retreat mechanics i'm i'm not uh, necessarily aware of those but that they're rare they're rare yeah so the my idea is that if it's easy to get into battle, like for the sake of the play of the game, it should be easy to get out of battle, mm-hmm. not without consequence necessarily. Right. But um, I just believe that that should be something in the game. And I think that um, ties uh, the theme or uh, setting, at least in, a gener- in, in the sense of like a generic game, that ties a mechanic to the setting mm-hmm. um, and and it informs the, the other, like the mechanic will inform the battles that people will get into or choose to get into because they know their ability to get away. Right. And vice versa. Now, now do you, would you, if you were doing a, a game that is, that is focused on combat, but it has that mechanic, would you make that, would you make retreat like sacrosanct within the system? Meaning like it's basically an assumed thing that the players have to know about at all times? Or is it sort of like a, oh shit, things hit the fan in a way we didn't expect and we're going to have to fall back on this thing? Because those are two um, different themes. In, so I mean, just... I'm not 100% sure mm-hmm. of the meaning of the word sacrosanct, I guess. Um, I, the players should know it and not be afraid of using or not feel like they're going against the game intentions by using it well is it always going to be an option i guess is my is my question yeah or is it going to be something where the gm can take it away no okay it would be something that would be the same as so if you look at a um like a game like blades in the dark with 12 Mm -hmm. actions one of those actions would be retreat Okay, I see. What it you're would saying. be like that. Okay, and that and this is not in anything, but it's something I've often thought about in relation to uh, fantasy games such as D anD D, and just how it does running away or escape or retreat or, very or doesn't do it or yeah. it doesn't do it. Yeah, yeah. It could, it could, well, D anD D. I mean, yeah. To your point, D anD D assumes that the players will win the combat, basically. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, that was part of my thoughts is I just wanted the opportunity to um, have unwinnable combat, but mm-hmm. not that you would be afraid to at least try. Right. I, I went in with in into ashes with the same idea because the 
but the nature of the unwinnable combat is slightly different um, in that the 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 escape the retreat essentially is is something mm-hmm. that can be forced upon you right um, and you live but you you're you're it is the unwinnable combat like you 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 mm-hmm. but the other thing but the other thing i did very specifically in the combat nashes is, is make it such that you can get your ass completely kicked in a round right like really you're like oh what the fuck i was not expecting that at all and then be able to bounce back in the same combat and try something different. And the, 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 the try something different is the, is the key there, because most of the time what happens in, in, in RPGs is if you get your ass kicked and, and you are given the opportunity to bounce back, the try something different is generally speaking, roll better. <laughs> like yeah. That's, that's like, please, please, please. Yeah, you already, you already did your best shit. Like yeah. at that point, you know, um, which is, I, I mean, it's, it's a failing, I think, I, I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's hard to it's design the definition. It. Yeah. It's the definition of insanity. Like try the same thing or do the same thing over and over and expect different results. Right. No, you're right. You're right. But the well, problem is like the computer half the time. That's true. <laughs> yeah if you're yeah jesus christ don't tell i'm uh mm. today is not a good day to bring that up for me but <laughs> uh, so in in what other ways are people specifically tying uh mechanics to well i guess cat for example like your your dinner mechanics i that's like in your setting to your uh your game right like to the mechanic um, for mine, it's well, it's tight all over the place now, but it's actually pretty easy to extract it. Mostly it's um, the GM's role built into the mechanics of how they actually interact with the players. Uh, player Stronghold, which I just got finished, is so kind of connected to that. The, the whole concept of the path to redemption is in included in that which is built into everything from player progression to their very purpose in the game like you kind of it's kind of the whole point of why you're even there in the first place and doing anything is that that's so yeah it's kind of threaded all through the game at this point because that's what everybody wanted so that's what they got <laughs> yeah. Actually, there is something I can say, but it's it's not it's not setting related. It's it's play experience related, and okay. a little bit theme related is my um um my renowns and um um well, what did I call it? There's there's a number on the character sheet that basically is a indicator of how famous you are. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Which and, and... I thought it was your renowns. No, renowns a different thing. Um, yeah, I know renowns are like a collection of deeds, but there's um, there's a there's a specific number that is um, like if it's rolled against, it's how likely somebody else is to know who you are or something about you. 
yeah. uh, which goes back to the game's tagline, which is become a legend. Mm-hmm. And the way that all of that is narratively driven, like it has to, it, it works on the premise that information uh, or knowledge of what these characters have done will spread throughout the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is, this is tying to genre, maybe like uh, the, be the hero type of fantasy sure. genre and play experience. Yeah, it's totally. The, it's that's it's cool. theme. Yeah, it's theme. Yeah. Not, yeah, it's it's the theme of being the hero, not necessarily a specific setting genre. Yeah, oh, yeah, maybe not. But I guess since our this is Legendcraft or Arcane, uh, that I guess that we have looked at. Um, but yeah, no, totally. That totally ties that together. Yeah, I mean, I have a similar thing in 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 Ashes. That's that's your sigil and or reputation, but reputation is just a prose descriptive quality. It does it has it can it can uh, it's less about so because my game is not about becoming a legend. It's about it's about being called by the world to do something in it, right and the the amount of recognition you get isn't necessarily what's going to happen to you it's but but you will be incentivized to to act mainly but that's the sort of thing where um um where the setting strongly informs the way i designed how players advance uh prestige that's the thing i was prestige talking about. right Okay. Yeah. So it 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 informs a lot. It informs a lot. That that means mm-hmm. that because it's it's. I mean, experience informs a lot. The way the way players advance um, along whatever track you care to um, delineate in your game does a lot to inform that thing. And that's one of the ways games can become bound. Or um, that's actually a really good way games can become bound. Is if is is if the 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 experience whatever you're calling experience in your setting, however it manifests and advances your character, the actions you take to the do that. The reward system. Yeah, the reward system. Yes, that's actually a much better phrase for what I was getting at. The reward system um, does a lot to bind your, your mechanics to setting, I think. I think, it, I think it's overlooked often. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see how it's overlooked because that's kind of one of the base things. You reward people for doing what you want them to do. If well, you want them but, to do something and that's what the game's about, that's what the rewards should be. If you're not rewarding it, then you've kind of screwed up majorly somewhere. Uh, I think well, it's not it's, overlooked. It's taken for granted. That's what I was about to say. It's assumed. Yeah, it's assumed too often that people are just going to do the the thing the game is about. You know? And then there's no there's no structure that rewards that thing, you know. Like Blades in the Dark is a game that very explicitly rewards its core loop, and mm-hmm. so is D and D actually. Um, but yeah, murder shit. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. get, kill shit mm-hmm. to get better at killing shit. Like it's it's really good at that. Um, but some games don't. Some games, some games, the reward for the thing is. Uh, not fully integrated into the core loop um you know the not the reward for the thing but like the 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 gameplay reward is not integrated into the core loop and i think 
there's uh, how should I put this? The more disconnected your reward system is from your core loop as a bound game, the less the players are going to care, obviously. But mm -hmm. I think it's mm -hmm. something that a lot of games sort of take for granted that they're going to be played in the style the designer imagines and ha is because the designer can't imagine another style of play they don't bother to incentivize the desired style and it just sort of uh sits there mm -hmm. yes weird yeah although i can't think of an example of that at the moment well you know what i Call of Cthulhu is kind of like that. Like, there's no real good reason for you to investigate any of this shit. There's <laughs> actual reason not to. There's, in, yeah, you what? have a stack of reasons not to do it. But, like, as a player, as a character, like, very rarely do I see an impetus in Call of Cthulhu unless, unless the adventure specifically delineates one of the characters as being um, involved in some very very gripping way like like the, the the entire thing is kicked off by a family member or something like that um but call cthulhu doesn't have a gameplay loop that rewards the action of investigating shit that will tear you apart mm -hmm. yeah that's kind of a problem it is yeah i think most i think most universal games kind of have a vague reward system in that it they dole out their character currency whatever it happens to be on the assumption of did the players do shit like presumably whatever the gm sit in front of them and that's me that's almost by necessity given the universal nature But there, I think there's room f to sharpen that up. Yeah. Probably. What about you, Mark, uh, regarding integrating uh, mechanics? Um, yeah. So I'm I'm in a weird space with it because I I don't have a fixed setting, um, mm -hmm. but I have sort of a void where a setting can exist um and mm -hmm. a play experience in mind and the way that i've um decided to approach developing a setting for the game is via a questionnaire um mm -hmm. and this is something that's yeah. new that i'm playing with but basically the like questionnaire that. Cool. allows me to narrow down exactly what elements of the setting i want there to be explored i want uh these elements defined i don't care how they're defined um but i want there to be that that uh rough rail that you can start with um and in fitting with the theme of the game where you are growing and developing as you experience the game i want the setting to grow and adapt and expand and um nice. develop through that action as well where you can continue to sort of answer the questions uh, or sort of fill in some of the voids that is left by the space. Um, but that initial questionnaire is there to, to create the border and then have 
the game experience sort of fill within it. Um, and I think that's been a nice approach for the generic approach with a strong theme that I'm trying to get at. Um, yeah. I think that's a really good idea. <clears throat> I think that's a really good approach. I'm really, I'm really glad to hear you say that because it was one of the things that I was, was that struck me as odd about your game is that mm -hmm. there was like, like, like I was saying, and car was saying earlier, like there was nothing to get me to the table. Mm -hmm. Like there was like no, there was no, I didn't feel like there was an entry point for me. Like there's like mechanics and the mechanics are cool. And I, I, I like fiddling around with mechanics as a gamer, but like if somebody showed me like your old version of Praxis Arcana, I'd be like, I don't know what to do with this because right. I don't, I don't have, I can't, there's not a fiction for me to grab a hold of. But the, the questionnaire is going down that route, you, like we're doing a similar thing now. Like that's convergent design because like callings are basically my shorthand for that. I have a list of six things that players are going to broadly all agree to that. This is going to be the thrust of the game. And then it gets cool. more specific as they go on. But like, that's a very similar thing because you're you, now you're, 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 you're putting up, you're not necessarily giving the players a direction, but you're, you're giving them road signs. That's right. Exactly. Borders sort of yeah. to, to explore within, um, right. to define that space. Yeah. And, and roads out of those borders possibly. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Like, yeah. So like you're giving them like signs, like, you know, here's a cave with dragon 50 miles or, you know, city mm -hmm. with uh, intrigue 10 miles or, you know, and then yeah. they go like, Oh, I would, that sounds kind of cool, but I kind of want some of this too. But right. yeah. So I, I dig that approach. I, I'm, I'm interested to see how that, how that turns out. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, and I, I think it I, fits I with think the a, theme a lot. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Car. I I think a lot of what modern game design is recognizing is, regardless of you know, binding tier, is that a session zero is necessary, and b it needs to have a workflow. Yeah, hundred percent. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of games converging on that idea like right now. Like I, I see there's a couple of games that have come out. I mean, I'm Blades in the Dark is functionally that it, it minus the workflow because the crew is essentially your session zero, like crew creation is your session zero. Um, and well, that's, character creation is always been the crux of session zero, but it's only been fairly recently that session zero is recognized as a thing yeah yeah I, mm -hmm. I agree and i think more designers are going like oh okay so there needs to be there needs to be a pre-game thing where players yes. and gms all get on the same page as to what they're doing and to, to, yeah to be fair i think that um so i i tried to avoid the session zero in my game like i tried to design mm -hmm. around it and i couldn't um and that was, I think, a large part in because I don't have a setting, because I've actively chosen to focus more on the theme than on the setting. Um, if I, I think if I had just a setting that was very well developed, that was very thematic in itself, um, I think I could get away with using these mechanics um, if that setting was enough to bring people to the table. Um, but it's uh it'd be a very niche experience in itself um it would have to be like yeah 
Elder Scrolls sort of thing, where people are drawn to the Elder Scrolls title because they know what that play experience is like. And then right. the rules that I have support an Elder Scrolls-like play experience. Um, yeah, that's... Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think you could get away I don't with have it. A, I don't have a setting either, but I have some ideas for what a session zero workflow would look like. Mm-hmm. And it has to do with <clears throat> establishing a building your characters concurrently with establishing the setting, at least the immediate surrounding area of where the characters start, mm-hmm. the the type of story that's that's going to start, mm-hmm. and that goes along with like the gameplay theme and the feel and all that like a lot of games could benefit from even having that and Mm -hmm. more specific games you know don't need the what is the setting step of that but the rest of it is still necessary well a lot of games get away with it because they impose it top down they don't they don't bother to ask the players at any point like if you take if you pick up um any of the fantasy flight star wars games right like the actual choice of what big book you buy is based on whether you want to do like a clone wars type game where it's or rebellion era where it's like soldiers versus the empire or if you want to be like or if the fantasy is to be like a han solo uh in a millennium falcon running from debt or some obligation or if the the point is to be a a bunch of jedi fighting whatever the fuck it is jedi fight and but Very you're, you're, well, what I understand. It, it ver- the top-down approach of each of those books is completely different. Mm-hmm. And it assumes that the players are all have already bought into the core loop of the cover art, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And when you're doing any a game in which that's not assumed, you, you the, the session zero is all that much more important. It's true. Yeah, 100 percent agree. Are we done? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think we were done with that line of thought. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I might be because I am having a oh, really hard I'm time following anything at this point. Are we? Um, it's cutting out really bad. I think that actually hits a lot of our oh, sh- the shit we wanted to talk about. Yeah, I think. Yeah, so yeah, maybe I'll true. just throw out one last question. Yeah, go a for l- it. Little different than it's here. Um, so I think that how i say this i think that making sure that characters and players are grounded in the game or the this system slash setting slash fiction or whatever you want to call that is is really important but um these different games um different types of games do that in different ways or at least attempt to do it in different ways and uh, does anyone see like uh, specific benefits uh, of one way or over another. Like, for example, mm-hmm. uh, in how Mark is planning on doing his game, he'll really get the players uh, invested in the the setting because they'll create it themselves mm-hmm. and at, on the, at the same time create characters that are really going to fit in that setting because it's all sort of, I mean, assuming he asks all the right questions, um, it's really implied that that will go well together. Everyone will be on the same page. 
At least that's the hope, I imagine. Mm-hmm. I think one of the main ways that tends to really work is if, well, as you said, if the players make it themselves or if at least they feel some ownership of it. Like yeah. The stronghold mm-hmm. section I just completed in mine, basically, you attach the players to this section of the world. It's like, okay, it's this is yours now. You will get like your own personal NPCs that you basically are creating. And if people screw with them, you're going to get a little bit pissy about that, probably, because somebody's touched your stuff it's not oh somebody stole the crown it's like oh i guess well they're paying me to go get it it's no somebody stole your crown that suddenly changes how players interact with things Mm. yeah 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 mark you want to just throw that out there yeah (laughs) um i I just wrote down um what you need to do is establish the buy-in to the game yeah so what what skin do you have in this that compels you to move forward and whether that's something that's external like you have this imposed upon you because of the game or because of like in in jonathan's game it's the chase so as soon as you pick up the game you're looking for the chase and once you've established that you are either chasing or the chasey then you have committed to that aspect of the game um and i think that is where you get the um that grounding that's where you get the the players to say i want to be part of this is because it comes along with the game and the setting yep yeah that's mm-hmm. exactly what i try to do with the callings is make it such that like you know what 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 do the players actually want to do here like oh we want to explore the world that's that's like i i, I like the setting i want to like push out like hex crawl style and like mm-hmm. see what's over the next hill okay cool the game can be about that and i've got rules for that um, I want this game to be about just fighting the gnarliest monsters that exist in this setting. Cool. I've got like the game can be about that. I, I want to reestablish society and and build my own fiefdom and 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 ha- you know do it like a kingdom building type thing. Like cool. Game can be about that. Um, it, it's it, it, but the 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 design methodology behind giving players those actual choices at the start of the game at the session zero um means that you actually have to support each of those play styles and if you if you've got a game that's bound but it's bound very tightly to combat then it's not if a player picks it up and goes like oh this is a cool world i wonder what it's like to be i wonder what it's like to establish a government you know i mean that's i've seen people do that in dnd campaigns and but D&D as a rule set doesn't give you much to support that or um or even develop in that direction as a player you know mm-hmm. like you can you can be mm-hmm. you can be a fighter that is now um the mayor of a town and okay so what do you do now like your class abilities are all about you know hitting shit with swords and arrows like what <laughs> What have you, where can you develop? Like, what's the point of you getting XP at this point? Because all it's going to do is make you better at fighting and not better at running a town. Mm -hmm. Um, Or something more esoteric, like, I want to be the madam of a whorehouse. Like, D&D doesn't care about any part of that concept. But other games, it is possible to make them care about that concept. 
Yes. Yeah. You can, you can establish buy-in for whorehouse. That's probably a low bar, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hourly but, rate. Hour, yeah. An hourly rate of buy-in. There you go. Um, <laughs> totally fucking lost my point. You jerk. Um, uh, what was I going, where was I going with this? Something about establishing buy-in. Buy it's in. good. It's good. Yeah. Establish buy-in in your game. You dumbasses. <laughs> Thanks. The, the way I do it, and the really the bulk of my game goes towards this, is letting players make exactly the character they want. Yeah, see, I don't think that establishes buy-in, though. It, it's part of it. It's not all of it. It definitely does have a large part of it, though. If, if you... It's, I wouldn't say it's the buy-in. I'd say it's like it's the avoidance of buy-out. It definitely... Like if, like, if you can't do what you want with your character, you're probably less likely to be interested and keep going. Like, you're... It That's doesn't true. make you interested actively. It prevents you from getting disinterested because of it. I think that's an accurate phrasing of that. Yeah, I think it's an accurate reframing mm -hmm. of that concept. Yeah, yeah, because <clears throat> the, the, the times that I've gotten, um, just, just anecdotally, like the times where I've been like, eh, about returning to a game, it's always, it's very frequently because like, I have an idea for where this character can go and the game doesn't support that idea at all or supports it to a degree that i find insufficient and um yeah there's particularly when you hit like just a brick wall of like the game says you can't do this and we don't we don't want you to do it at all um that's 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 something that will get me to like you know be unwilling to show up the other thing that uh has i've noticed that that kicks me out of the game pretty quickly as if like I can't as if there's the sessions generally have no narrative arc whatsoever or if I, if I if the story just stagnates because for whatever reason like that's another thing but that's that's tangential but um uh, yeah that, that's to, to, not necessarily a design fault as it is a no, GM fault no I like I said it was tangential but like the 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 mm. to rebut your point a little bit about character um being able to do with being able to make the character you want being enough buy-in, uh, I I think it's it's not just making the character you want; it's having the character behave in a way you want. That's interesting to you. Um, I think that's 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 more of a buy-in. I think because and Mark was talking about this earlier, like play experience is is I think ultimately the buy-in, um, and making a character is definitely a part of that. Like you can't get the play experience you want without being able to make the character you want for sure. But I think the play experience is ac the actual like focal point of buy-in in in almost all cases that I can think of at this moment. I'm sure I'll come up with a corner case later, well, where somebody will write it right now. Making the character and... you want, kind of making the character you want, it kind of informs a achieving the gameplay you want. Yeah, that's yeah, that's or at saying. least points to the gameplay you want, and like whether or not the game actually satisfies what you want is the rest of the buy-in mm -hmm. yeah which which for for players in most games is by and large out of their control 
right? I, I think that's an actual structural problem with most RPGs that can be solved. It's just, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, that's what I'm attempting yeah. to solve, more or less. I'm trying to fix the whole genre, everybody. Yay, look at me. In our own way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it, um, when it comes to grounding characters and players within system and setting, um, a, a lot of that comes to, you know, play play the right game. And I think yeah. Rob brought that up earlier. And it's there's definitely something's it's not always worth shoehorning something in uh, just because that's what you have, for example. Yeah. I would or, say it's rarely worth it. Yeah. I think, I think you end up doing way more work. Um, you know, you could, you could learn a new system and that is work. Yeah. But you end, I think most of the time, most of the time, not every time, but most of the time you end up doing way more work to shoe in the play style you want into a game, you know, that doesn't support it. Um, mm -hmm. And having to, but maybe, you know, you know, to play the devil's advocate here, maybe that's what they act, those players actually want. They actually want to smack a game until it does what it, they, they care about, you know, and that's the fun for them is, is like running a political game in D and D where there aren't, isn't support for. It, and so they don't feel, you know, they don't feel constrained by D and D's other arbitrary constraints. In that case, they feel a, a sense of freedom that they that is perhaps hard to describe if you haven't played other games but they're they're cottoning onto the fact that D&D is not supporting the style they want but they enjoy the fact that they're making it do something it's not intended for well yeah that's basically what I was saying earlier it's like there's there's going to be some people where their enjoyment of the game mostly comes from the challenge of it and sometimes their concept of the challenge is you told me i can't do this <laughs> right and it's yeah. like you look at like people who like uh break the whatchamacallit the uh the um stuff so that you can't like the drm and video games for example like sure. a lot of them, that is the game for them. Right. It's not that, oh, well, the game itself is fun. It's that, oh, we we made like the an impenetrable DRM for this. It's like, oh, joy, I'm going to have fun for the next weekend. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I, at that I, point, they're not playing the game. They're playing the metagame of breaking the DRM. Yeah, I yeah, feel like that was my, my... People, that is the game for them. Yeah, I feel like that was like our group's last couple of years of D&D 3rd Edition was like just breaking the meta of what the game told us we couldn't do was the fun of it because actually playing the game became so tedious that making ridiculous characters was more fun. Mm -hmm. Like, Well, yeah. You heard it from me. Don't do that, listener. Just find the game that works. <laughs> Find the game that yeah, works. I don't think that's stick a with the system you like and think it can accomplish anything. Find the game that actually does what you want. Yeah. There you go. Let's end on that note. Good night.
Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and that you'll be back again. Good night, nerds.